Welcome to the Crash Course Marketing Academy podcast. If you're thinking of starting a small business, you're already running one, or you're responsible for marketing a small business, you've come to the right place. Join us weekly as Crash Course Marketing Academy founder Gayla Zoes helps you make sense of today's mind-boggling array of marketing options. So sit back, relax, and get ready to cut through the confusion because the Crash Course Marketing Academy podcast is starting now. Hey, everybody. Gayla here. You are listening to Episode 40 of the Crash Course Marketing Academy podcast. This is the third and final episode in our Cringeworthy Phrases series. If you missed the first two installments, make sure to check them out. There is some deep wisdom in there and more than a few laughs. Once again, joining me is Charles Alexander, the director of the Tennessee Small Business Development Center at Volunteer State Community College and an entrepreneur in his own right. When I asked Charles about doing an episode on the words he hated, well, if you listened to the previous podcast, you already know, he came up with so many words and phrases that he didn't like that we couldn't jam them all into a single episode. So we did three. I hope you enjoy this final episode in the series where Charles and I dissect what he calls old school phrases. Are these phrases that come out of your mouth? Are these phrases making you look bad? Well, there's only one way to find out. So let's listen in. Charles, welcome. Hey, how are you? Doing great, doing great. All right, this is our third and final of our Cringeworthy Phrases series. I'm going to be devastated when this is over, personally. This has been so much fun. Just saying. (laughs) All right. So, Charles, in case anybody out there in the ether has not heard the first two episodes... Let's begin with a little info about you. So, who are you? What do you do? Charles Alexander, do business coaching, and I create 90-second explainer videos for business professionals. The business coaching comes from a full-time job at a small business development center. Find one close to you. We do really cool things like business coaching and workshops for small business owners. Uh, And then I took my own advice about eight years ago, started from scratch, created a small business that grew and grew. Now it's its own full-time entity. So I've been able to practice what I preach. Go to yourcharlesalexander.com, find out more, and see if a 90-second explainer video fits what you need. Beautiful. All right. Today's episode. This is our final episode in our three-part series called Cringeworthy Phrases. Today, we're going to focus on five old-school phrases that you absolutely despise. Oh, bless. But before we start, I want to know what you mean when you say old-school. Now, I have an idea, but I just just want you to talk about this. Trying to find a nice way of saying uh, uh, folks that are very set in their ways that have no desire to change, and instead of saying, hey, I've, I've maxed out my comfort zone. I'm going to blame everybody else for trying to make me do things that I don't think are appropriate. 
<laughs> or necessary. Or necessary. Yeah. As we get through these, I, you know, I'm trying to find a nice way of saying some of my boomers that just <laughs> never adapted. And then a handful of Gen Xers that were like, screw it. I don't want to grow up. I'm just going to follow these boomers and say things they say. Okay. Yeah, I don't see uh, much of the rest of them doing it. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's just dive in. These we have five old school phrases plus a bonus, which is going to be fun. And the first is, "I'm just not a computer person." What is cringeworthy about that? That wasn't appropriate twenty years ago, and it's gotten. I, I still occasionally get. Well, I'm just not a computer person. So virtually everything that you, I, and everyone else does now, you know, it's an electronic in some form or fashion. So if I need to get in touch with you, there has to be a way to do it other than verbal communication through the, you know, landline only. And for you to say, well, I'm just not a computer person. I don't need you to be a computer person. I need you to use a modern mode of communication like the rest of us. It would be like somebody... You know, in the mid-1950s, well, I'm just not much of a telephone person. Can you shoot me that telegram? Uh, but I, <laughs> yeah. I get this resistance all the time when somebody, if they've chosen not to participate in promoting their business using social media or a website, oh, I'm just not a computer person. Well, that's not really an option. That's like saying if you had a, uh, a retail store, say, well, I'm just not much of a, uh, a, a storefront kind of guy. Well, that's how people walk into your business and purchase your product. So you, you kind of need to learn how to do that. More than anything, no, nobody wants to deal with tech all day long. I get it. I hate it. I've got 15 subscriptions to a variety of different things to do any and everything under the sun. But just lazily saying, I'm not a computer person, doesn't get you out of having to deal with a, you know, the, the fast-paced world that the rest of us are doing. Yeah, it, it, it makes you sound... Um like a relic who isn't interested in learning anything new. And that, to me, is is the kiss of death. To sign up, hey, to sign up here at Ball State to use our services at the TSBDC, you have to go online and enter some information. Biggest red flag, well, can, I, can you do that for me? I'm just <laughs> not a computer person. Like, I don't yeah. Know. This whole business <laughs> thing might not work out for you either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it is interesting um, when certain types of entrepreneurs want the whole world to adapt to their preferences when it comes to communicating. And this whole, I'm not just, I'm just not a computer person is really, I don't know, it, it really says a lot. Remind me when we get to, I uh, think, what your third option is going to be. There, that, that Those two are related in that way. Okay, well, the next one on the list is people don't want to work anymore. <laughs> All right, talk about that one. So, look, I get it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't want to sit through the Wendy's drive-in line for 45 minutes either. Finding, quote-unquote, unskilled labor or hourly wage folks, it is difficult right now. I, ha- I, I hear you. I understand it. And that goes all the way up to all the white-collar jobs as well. It's difficult, more difficult now than it's been in a long time, and it's been difficult for a long time. However, the idea that none of this is our responsibilities as employers, and it falls strictly on everybody else's shoulders to take a menial wage or maybe even a good wage, but in a poor work environment that I set up, and, and for me just to say, well, nobody wants to work. This, I don't know. These kids, they don't want to work anymore. Right now, people don't, maybe they don't believe it. 
we have this weird glut where we can't find employees and unemployment is like at 3.6%. It's something ridiculously low. Mm-hmm. So everyone is not necessarily sitting around watching the grass grow or flipping through uh, Netflix all day. People are working. Uh, maybe they just don't want to, you know, A, maybe they don't want to work for you. Or B, maybe you need to maybe you need to go back to the last podcast and you need to pivot. Maybe you need to change some <laughs> of what you've got going on uh, to to be a more desirable workplace, or figure out how to automate or delegate overseas. Those are things you can do for a lot of positions now. Yeah, that to me that phrase is is often a form of blame shifting. Yep. I can't get anyone to want to wanna work for me. And of course, it's not my fault. It's not because I don't pay anything or the working conditions are crappy. Right. Yeah. It's not okay. because I'm condescending. Oh, yeah. Or, or I'm a jerk. Right. Right. Mm-mm. Okay. So I think this one is related. I don't know about this next generation. That's our third cringeworthy phrase. Talk about the, that. There's <laughs> never been... There's never been an existing generation that did not worry about the following generation. It has never happened. Either So right now, boomers, they worry about Gen Xers. Gen Xers worry about millennials. I don't talk to millennials, but I guess they worry about, uh, you know, Gen Z or, or who, whatever other things we have below. It's always that they don't want to work as hard. They don't follow the same rules that we did in each and every following generation is too tech dependent. I just I just worry they don't know how to make eye contact and shake hands. I just worry they're just on their computers all the time. Uh, and each generation manages to figure it out. They do it in their own way. They have their own idiosync- idiosyncrasies. And as soon as they get to a point of success, they immediately say, I don't know about this last, this next generation. <laughs> you go all the way back to cavemen, you know, mm-hmm. Gorat, Gorat's talking about, I don't know about Plato. He's standing around, you know, mm-hmm. philosophizing. What about saber to tiger? He's okay. Mm-hmm. They're all okay. Um, <laughs> and, and right now, the, the big thing is, you know, the uh, amount of tech use or the way that people interact with each other. I get it. I, I would like to more in-person interactions as well, but that it they're okay. The kids are all right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, totally agree. And, you know, when it comes to, you, you've probably seen studies on how I think it's baby boomers tend to, you know, pick up the phone and make a call, but if you That's, call, yeah, you call that, a gen, you call a millennial and they, they just will text back. They won't answer the phone. All, all of those differences um, that, that I'm sorry, I'm interrupt you for. I forget. That's what you were saying a second ago, and almost I didn't make a good note there uh, of people that say I'm just not a computer person, and they will complain about how this generation only wants things done in their own little way, and they won't adapt. Yet that you know, you got a bunch of folks in an older generation that will only use the telephone to speak through. And if you don't spend a 30-minute conversation with them that could have been handled in a 90-second email, then you didn't do it their way, which mm-hmm. is ironic because that's what they accuse everybody else of doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. It's a, a shocking lack of insight, right? <laughs> it, it, and then I'll be doing it here soon, too. So, Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when, 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 when we talk about the boomers, I was actually, when I was voting, um, Last week, I was standing in line. I voted Gallatin High School, and there was a woman who was probably 
probably in her 70s, mm-hmm. ahead of me in line. And we struck, struck up a conversation, and um, this was a person who um, was a long-haired hippie. Oh. And, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, did, did you go to Woodstock? <laughs> yeah. And, and th- this, this is an old woman, okay? But I'm thinking of, you know, the long hair parted in the middle, the bell-bottom jeans, and just the whole hippie thing. And she didn't go to Woodstock, but she was in Haight-Ashbury. So Ooh. this was somebody who was, who was, when she was, what, 20, 25, maybe even 30, pushing back on the previous She's generation. wild. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and it just, it, 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 and she, during that conversation, was talking. I mean, actually, she shed most of the things that are on this list, <laughs> including the ones we haven't uh, <laughs> talked right. about yet. But it was, I, th- I think it must be human nature of some kind. But I'll tell you, when you say these things, you're just broadcasting your, your inflexibility and possibly your, your um, unwillingness to adapt to the world at large. That's a, that's a great way to wrap that one up. Okay, here's the next one. I must be doing something right because I'm still here. Talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> that. I get that quite a bit. You'll take businesses that, and they have had success and good for them. I don't want to take it away from them, but, you know, been around, whatever, 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, and they want to learn how to grow a little bit more. And you'll, you'll see a lot of this. You see a lot of this when it comes to marketing. You know, they, they want to, want to grow their business, uh, but as you start to make, uh, you know, little, little advice here and there, give them some ideas of what they can do, they're pretty resistant to it. Say, so, well, you know, we don't really want to do Facebook ads. No, we don't really want to do uh, sponsorships. No, we don't really want to do, you know, direct outreach like that. Then, well, you want to grow? Yeah, yeah, but are you pretty successful? It must be. I've been here this whole time. And what I get to see quite a bit that other folks don't, I get to see uh, cash flow statements. I get to see tax returns. I get to see a lot of folks that are never going to retire. And what they mean to say is that I have been treading along, keeping my head above water, barely surviving. uh, And I'm not willing to change. I'm not willing to adapt. But I can pat myself on the back because I didn't go bankrupt, which is not a, a huge benchmark. <clears throat> Parents are guilty of this. Uh, you know, we've got almost eight billion people on planet Earth, and everybody that's you know ever had a kid suddenly feels like they're an expert. I've got three, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing half the time. <laughs> but somebody with one kid will, will try to tell you, well, here's how kids will handle when you give them a green vegetable or when you tell them to clean up their room. That's just one person. Well, you know, they didn't grow up to be an axe murderer. Oh, that's the equivalent of saying I must be doing something right because my child isn't a serial killer. Mm-hmm. That, that's a pretty low bar right there. Mm-hmm. I hear it quite a bit, though. <laughs> well, y'all all survived. Yeah, well, we sort of. We all have problems. Yeah, yeah. What's the saying? Your parents uh, hand you the bag, and when you're an adult, it's you just have to unpack it. Yeah, the baggage, that is. Okay. Ooh. All right. Let's go to our next one. All and right. yes, this, so this is number five on our list, and we do have a bonus one for this episode. Number five is, I'm just so busy. Don't we love that one? That is such oh. a badge of honor. It is. Any, any Chamber of Commerce meeting, Rotary, whatever. How you been busy? Well, we just been so busy. And they're right. Okay. Are you making more money than you ever have? Well, we could be busier. What are you saying? <laughs> We love 
to brag about how busy we are. And we are. Everybody is full tilt. As we're talking right now, my wife is texting me like wildfire, trying to figure out how we're going to get, you know, my son's got a little physical therapy he's got to do. And then we got to go over to the, you know, the middle school basketball game. And tonight's our off night. You know, it's not, we've got dance and we've got a voice and we've got basketball and football and aerial silks. Did you know aerial silks was a thing, Gala? Because I didn't until we started doing it. Is it like uh, a like a varsity sport? It's not. It is like Cirque du Soleil, but you know, there's no yeah, there's no scorekeeping. It's just spinning on a ribbon. <laughs> wow. We are so proud of how busy we are, and yet I I feel like we're not nearly as productive as we kind of used to be. And the more busy we get, the more proud we get and the less productive we get. And it's got to get to a point where we don't find it to be a badge of honor anymore. I don't want to be busy. I want to be productive. I want to create fun, cool things that other people enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, the I'm so busy is definitely a badge. It's worn as a badge of honor. And and to me, it just, it conveys um, not necessarily a good thing. If I hear that from someone, you know, it's like, okay, well, whose fault is that? <laughs> right. How did you get there? It's yeah, uh, and that that could be a whole other segment on uh, uh, abuse of you know email inbox of taking other people's to dos and letting it run your day. I'm just so busy, got all these things. And if you go through them one by one, we'll, we find about the eighty twenty rule is very real. We could skip eighty percent of the things that we think we're so busy with and find out the hard way that it really didn't matter. Just it just felt good because we felt important, but a lot of it isn't moving any needles anywhere. Ooh, moving a needle, that probably should be on the list. Mm-hmm. That belongs on a list for sure. All right, and now it's time for our bonus round. Dun, and dun, dun. Here, <laughs> here is the bonus cringeworthy old school phrase. We don't need marketing. We need leads. Mm. <sighs> you you go first. <laughs> well, I was going to say, that's all in your wheelhouse, but I hear that all of the time. Not just with the explainer videos or... You know, but a lot out of the clients I work with, like we don't need any more marketing. Uh, I just need the leads. Give me, find, tell me how to get the leads. It's almost, it's like somebody that says, "Yeah, I don't need to eat right. Uh, you know, uh, track track my food intake, or go to the gym, or lift weights. I just I just need to lose weight. Do you have what's the quickest way to lose fifty pounds in the next three weeks? Well, there's <laughs> not. I mean, you want to amputate something? I guess you could do it that way, but otherwise, it's it's. It's not a sustainable process, and people will tell me that, you know, hey, you, you, we need to talk more about, uh, let's, let's say, revamping your brand, getting a new message, finding your identi- identifying your target customer, and then here's three to five ways we're going to reach out to them consistently, and here's how we're, well, I don't want to do all that. I just need some leads. I can close leads. You, and people, you know, they, they, I want to buy leads, or what's the cheapest, quickest way, and the cheapest, quickest way rarely is ever sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I do hear I hear that a lot and I hear it frequently from people who want to skip that foundational work. All the things you just mentioned, identifying what problem you solve for your target audience and how do you solve it better than anyone else and and then how do you want to get that message out to them in a way that is memorable and fun right. and attractive. They just want, you know, they want leads. And and to me, that belies a fundamental lack of knowledge 
about what marketing really is. Because when someone says that to me, that means to me that they don't know what either word means. I think you may be exactly right. And there's there what you said earlier, they're they're step skippers. I think that's a Seinfeld saying. They don't <laughs> they don't want to go through the first five steps. It'd be I don't know. It'd be like, hey, we want to build a house. Cool. I'm going to go buy uh, some window decorations. Really? Because I think we need to lay the foundation before we start decorating a window that doesn't have anywhere to sit. But that's where they want to go first thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. And I've I've worked with a lot of clients over the years who who came to me after they had skipped those foundational things. And, and to me, the person who is worshiping leads, but thinking you don't need marketing to get those leads, they're, they're often victims of, of what I call the bright, shiny syndrome. Whatever right. that the new, shiny, hot thing is that comes along, that's what they want to do. And as you mentioned, those things are never sustainable, especially if you're lacking the, the, the foundational items that make it possible to follow through. Well, it goes back to number four. If you get if you hit on it just enough of them just right, you say, well, I must be doing something right. I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, you hit on one out of five or six of these by pure dumb luck. But if you got focused on the next one, you'd, you'd oh, bless, you'd, 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 you'd really grow up. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Charles, let's move to our key takeaway. All right. And let me recap first. Now, if you haven't listened to the first two episodes in the Cringeworthy Phrases series, you really have to check them out because they are definitely worth listening to. So we've talked about how using, or in some cases, overusing these phrases makes a person look. So Charles, what about these old school phrases? So if you use these, what unintended conclusions might people draw and how might that affect you negatively? Look, if you feel like the statement you would make would be said inside a Hardee's at 6 a.m. in the morning where the group <laughs> of men have gathered, you know, the retired guys. Yeah, oh, yeah, the Liars Club. Don't do that. Uh, yes, if you, if you say any of these old school phrases, and I am not anti-old school. I'm, I'm right there with you in a lot of ways, but find a different way to communicate. Instead of saying, I'm just not a computer person, say, hey. I haven't learned this XYZ skill set yet, but I'm improving on it. Or people don't want to work anymore. Don't say people don't want to work anymore. Say, I'm having a difficult time filling this one position. What should we do differently? Take ownership. Every one of these statements are about being just, you said earlier, inflexible. I want to do it my way and the only way. And if people don't do it my way, then I'll find a way to blame them. And I'll even wear it as a badge of honor. If you feel like you're shifting blame with something that's yours and you're you're creeping over into these phrases, think more about what could I do to change that. Mm-hmm. I think that's good advice. All advice. right, Charles, thank you once again for being on the podcast. And uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to pick a a cringeworthy phrase to close with. Well, I must be doing something right because I'm still here. <laughs> I would I would reply to that, uh, Gayla. I'm just so busy right now. <laughs> Right. Okay, Charles. Until next time. Thank you so much. And you have a good one, Gayla. Are you having trouble coming up with content for your website? Your troubles are over. The Website Content Quick Start course delivers exactly what you need to create a content plan for a simple website. It's fast. It's easy. 
and it works, all for just $99. The website content quick start course. Great content is closer than you think. Learn more at CrashCourseMarketingAcademy.com. Thank you for listening to the Crash Course Marketing Academy podcast. If you enjoyed the show, why not leave a review? It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback. And speaking of feedback, if there's a topic you would like Gala to address on the podcast, let us know. Just drop us an email at info at crashcoursemarketingacademy.com. The Crash Course Marketing Academy podcast will be back next week with more straight talk about marketing your small business. Until then.